0: This is Ellen Weatherford. I'm here with Just the Zoo of Us. This is your favorite animal review podcast. And today, I'm really excited to be talking to a friend who has been a Twitter friend of mine for quite a while. And I'm really excited to finally be virtually meeting. This is Dagmar Dervedevin. Say hi.
1: Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you and talk about your buddies today, your little fish friends. We've got archerfish, right? Yes. So before we talk about Archerfish, let's talk a little bit about how you got into working with Archerfish. What was that journey like for you?
1: So it's been a bit of an accident <laughs> that I've ended up working with with Archerfish. I'm an ecologist by training. I did an undergraduate degree at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland on ecology And I spent a lot of time working with birds, um, blue tits specifically. They're a bit like chickadees for you Americans. Little borbs. And I really, really enjoyed working with birds. And, you know, I got to do all this field work in Scotland. But then I decided, you know what, maybe I don't want to study birds or animals for the rest of my life. So for my master's, I took a detour into plants and I studied sycamores uh, and seed dispersal. And I realized that as fun as it was, I really missed animals. So I just started applying to PhDs, basically wherever I could find them. And I came across an ad for this Archerfish PhD, advertised by the guy whose office I sat next to in my department. So I just knocked on his door and said, hey, what are these fish about? And, you know, I never, I'd never really thought about fish before, but when I started looking into it... Basically, I found this whole debate between mostly like ape researchers, primatologists and everyone else claiming that either apes are the only ones that are really smart or fish are also really smart. And I wanted to advocate for those fish cuz I think those primatologists are wrong and <laughs> archer fish are just a really really good model hopefully to study this kind of work in. So yeah, it was it was a bit lucky that I ended up working with these fish. I'd never even heard of them before. Like you know, three years ago, I didn't know what they were. And now I get to spend a lot of time with these yeah, wonderful little
0: unique fish. Yeah, I don't think that they're the most mainstream sort of fish. Like, they're not the sort of ones that you're gonna see like babies first animals books, right? Like, I feel like you'll (laughs) you'll see them on like a documentary every once in a while where they'll be like, check this out, it's an archerfish. Pew. Anyway, moving on. Like, (laughs)
1: yeah, there's some great videos on YouTube of archerfish spitting water at uh, lit cigarettes, but yeah. A lot of the time when I talk to people about them, they'll say, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that on Blue Planet or whatever, but they don't really know anything about them other than that they spit water. And that is probably the coolest thing that they do, but it's not the only cool thing they do. Yes, I really enjoy working with them because, you know, they've got all these, like, personalities and... Every species seems to be different as well. So really, you know, I'm here advertising for big (laughs) archerfish.
0: So what is an archerfish? Like, where where would you find them in the world?
1: So archerfish are one of 10 species of the genus Toxotis. And Toxotus is Greek, I think, for archer. So, you know, they've got a good name. And these 10 species are distributed from like Sri Lanka and India all the way across Southeast Asia and down to Australia, and they're mostly freshwater. There are a few like brackish species, and it's possible that um, their offspring even live at sea for a while. We're not sure, um, but they're mostly found in rivers and like mangrove forests where there's lots of insects for them to, to spit at.
0: Ah, very good. How how big are these fish? I'm thinking like if I'm looking at my hand, maybe like thumb
1: length. Yeah, so if you look at my hand, they're about the size of my hand in total. So I think that's, you know, a good like five inches. That's pretty big. (laughs) But they can actually, I think they can get bigger in the wild. So in the lab, the ones we have are currently like between three and six, seven inches. But in the wild, they can get up to 16 inches long.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: I really want to see one of those big ones. Um, I've only seen them in the lab, but... Just imagine the water jet that comes out of one of those big archerfish.
0: It's like a shower head. Yeah. <laughs> so what does the work that you're doing with these archerfish look like? Like, what is a day in the life of working with archerfish?
1: Most days, it's a lot of just feeding, feeding the fish. So the experiments I do, they require quite a lot of setup. So I just maintain the populations in the lab a lot of the time. So I go in and we feed them pellet food most of the time, sometimes they get live crickets, which they go absolutely mad for live crickets, they (laughs) love live crickets. It's a fun treat. It is, it is. and It jumps around and they can spit at it. But no, most of the time I just go in and I feed the fish. But then when I'm doing experiments, there's a lot of... Because these fish are really quite intelligent. There's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration. So I always wear the same dark blue scrub top and a red bandana because they recognize people. Huh. So if I'm also not there to feed them, and then I come back after someone else has been feeding them, they get mad at me, basically. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. So they're like, you're not the person who's been feeding us. <laughs> You made someone else feed us, so now we're not gonna do what you want us to do. Oh no! So they are—they're—they're they're drama queens. They're—you know—you move slightly too fast, and they freak out. But also, they're—they're they're really hardy, so they're not actually properly afraid. They're really curious, but also they don't like you, and they want you to go away. So yeah, a lot of my work is kind of—you know—trying to keep them, keep them calm, keep them happy. Make sure they've got all the food they want, moving them between tanks. Um, that can be difficult. They're quite floppy. I have been slapped in the face by one before. <laughs> He's trying to escape. <laughs> yeah, and then my experiments. So, uh, because I, I do behavioral work, so it's a lot of training fish to spit at a specific target. And then, because I'm interested in seeing if they can learn this from each other, exposing fish that haven't learned to spit at that target to a fish that has learned it, and then seeing if they, they copy that. But I haven't quite gotten there yet in my PhD because of the pandemic. So um currently planning uh, some work to create a moving target for them to shoot at, which should be quite fun. Might be a little train that runs above their tanks.
0: <gasps> that is really cute. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like... like you've got a diva who's like the star of the show and you're the one that's kind of like popping into the trailer like do you need coffee are the (laughs) like is the temperature right is everything okay are you comfy you gotta like keep the diva happy
1: yes yeah so some of the fish we usually keep them in groups of like four or five because they're supposedly happier like that we've not we don't think there's actual evidence for that but they do like it But some of them are in individual tanks and those I always feed by having them spit at their food, which is more difficult for the the bigger communal tanks. And if I'm too slow to get to the individual tanks, they will just start spitting at me and they'll spit (laughs) because the tanks are covered so they can't jump out and they'll spit through the tiniest gaps and still manage to hit me.
0: They're just flexing at that point.
1: (laughs) You just start hearing like splosh, 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 like them hitting the ceiling as well and then I'll get hit in the head and... Just because they know I'm there to feed them and they just they just want it to be faster. (laughs) And they want more food. They always want more food.
0: Oh, they're not using their powers for good, are they?
1: Oh, no. Chaotic neutral (laughs) at best.
0: So if you've never listened to this podcast before, what we do is we review animals by rating them out of 10. And the first category that we rate our animals on is effectiveness, which is physical adaptations, things built into their body that make them do a good job of the things that they're trying to do, which for an archerfish would be hunting their prey, not getting eaten by other things. That's also important. Things like that. So what would you give the archerfish out of 10 for effectiveness?
1: I think they're, you know, like an 8 or a 9, probably. They do have some really cool adaptations that help them to spit at their targets. So, like, if you imagine, you know, you're under the water and, like, there's a banana up above you and you need to shoot a super soaker at the banana to knock it down, where you're aiming is not going to be where the banana actually is because of the refraction of the water. Because, you know, light travels differently through air and through water. So everything looks a bit distorted. And archerfish have this problem all the time, but we don't know how they do this. It's not an issue for them. <laughs> somehow, their eyes and their brains, and, like their optic nerve, somehow combine to allow them to basically determine exactly where their prey is and to aim at it very accurately. Huh. So somehow their brain accounts for that diffraction, uh, and you know their brains are tiny. Their eyes are bigger than their brain. They have really good eyes as well. So like I think they have the cones at like the top of their retina are tuned in to basically detecting the light from above. so attuned more to looking through the air. And at the bottom and the sides, their cones are more tuned into colors that are really common underwater because they do hunt underwater as well sometimes, you know, just chasing things around and they they spit underwater too, actually, you know, to move sediment around.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, I think that's not a very well-known thing they do. I've never seen them do it in a lab either, but maybe that's more common in the wild.
0: I would imagine that to get the kind of force you would need to shoot water underwater, would probably you'd probably need to get quite a bit of like oomph behind it, right?
1: Yeah, so Archerfish actually, the way that they shoot the water, that's another really cool adaptation, is they have this like really thin groove in the top of their mouth, and their tongue is quite bony, so when they press their tongue against that groove, it creates like a little tunnel for the water to come through, and then they push the water through by compressing their gills. But basically, by them opening and closing their mouth a little bit, they change the like speed at which the water moves. So they're really good at adjusting the speed of the water, and they actually, this is maybe a bit more behavioral, but they actually modulate the water jet so that the last droplets that they spit out catch up to the first at the point of impact.
0: What? <laughs> so-
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's, um. I think it's called non-ballistic travel. You know, like you shoot a bullet, the bullet just going. Mm-hmm. But the fish, the front of the jet is slightly slower than the back of the jet so that the water all gathers at the tip right when it hits the insect.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's really
1: cool. It's really cool. They make good use of this when they're aiming for my eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you specifically. <laughs>
1: Me specifically. They don't shoot at anyone else because I'm the one who feeds them at the
0: moment. <laughs> See, I'm thinking about like being able to control the speed of the water would be really useful for like being precise with how far the water travels, right?
1: Yes, and the like actual force of how hard they hit it. Because they basically predict where their prey is going to land based on how hard they hit it, because they want to be the first to get there. So if you knock it too far, another fish is going to get there first. So they they make sure the force and the speed of the water is just right, so that they can be the one
0: who gets to the food first. Oh, this is like 4D chess that they're playing. Yes. <laughs> this is a galaxy brain fish that's like... They're like doing complex
1: physics in their tiny brains. And... Like I can't do physics. <laughs> These fish are smarter than me in a lot of ways. This is this is why I think they're so amazing. Because like a, a chimpanzee couldn't do this, you know.
0: I couldn't do it.
1: But yeah, so for their their adaptations, their eyes are just. There's so much that's been studied about their eyes because they're just so well adapted to their environment. And compared to other fish that are used for research, like goldfish and zebrafish. Archerfish eyes are so much more complicated. Basically, when they search for prey as well, the way they do that is the same way that humans search for things. But we have a neocortex, which is you know the part of the brain that we believe governs all those like complicated things other animals can't do. Fish don't have that, and yet when they're searching. The way they search, they like scan an object and then they move to the next one. and They move to the next one and they remember where they've already searched. Oh, and like if you're doing like you know where's Waldo, <laughs> you're doing the same thing. You're like I've looked in that corner. I've looked in that part of the picture. I'm gonna look over here next. And then when you see the thing you're looking for, it kind of stands out against the background. Archerfish do the exact same thing. You know, I don't study their eyes, but their eyes are just so cool. <laughs>
0: Like, how could you not be, like, drawn to how, like, interesting that is? (laughs) is I know, yeah. I think they're amazing, yeah. So you're an archerfish swimming in, you said, southeastern Asia? Southeast Asia, yeah, among others. What kind of things do you need to be worried about? Like, what sort of things are going to eat you? What is an archerfish, like, afraid of?
1: (laughs) Everything, based on the ones in my lab. Um, (laughs) New plant? Don't like that.
0: No, can't have it.
1: No, I think birds will probably eat them and larger fish, of course. There isn't that much known about archerfish in the wild, because they haven't been studied there that much. And I've never seen them. I really want to, but not had the chance to go that way yet. So yeah, obviously you've got the mangrove trees above them in a lot of places, and that would be a good place for a predator to hide. And these fish can get quite large, so I'm guessing you know a lot of, of carnivorous things would want to eat them. They do have a lot of like competition uh, in searching for food, both from each other and from other fish. So one of their main competitors is called a, a half beak. Uh, and it's like a kind of thin fish that swims really close to the surface. And those fish can actually detect movement in the water. So they can basically feel when an insect hits the water. And the archer fish have this special mechanism that again, through adaptation, they've kind of co opted that used to be an escape mechanism to get away from predators, and they've used it to basically turn really quickly and get to their prey faster than everything else. But they don't hunt at night because then they can't see where their prey is, and then these half beaks just feel where the prey's landed. So then the half beaks get the food. Archer- they just can't see in the dark. Um, oh no, oh, poor babies. I know, I know. They've got such good eyes,
0: but that they can't do. Do they sleep? I don't know why this is not a question I've asked before. <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do they sleep? I'm getting all the hard questions. Um,
1: They rest, definitely. You know, sometimes... Um, if I'm in the lab for, you know, quite a long time, I always feed them when I first come in, because otherwise they're just, you know, watching me the whole time. Like, when's she going to grab the food, guys? When's she going to grab it? <laughs> um, but then, yeah, sometimes they'll just sort of chill in one place for a really long time. And I always have to go and check if they're OK, because, you know, don't want them to be ill or anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they just kind of sit and obviously they don't have eyelids so they could be sleeping i don't know just vibing that's all just yeah just just vibing
0: <laughs> well so since we're, we're talking about how smart they are and how clever they are which i'm very impressed with because this is not something that i think people talk about a lot with fish no. let's give them a rating for ingenuity what would you give the archer fish for ingenuity out of 10 i think i know what you're gonna say oh 10 <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> right? This is like the poster child for a 10. Yeah, I,
1: I mean, I like to think so. You know, it's what I'm hoping to really find out with my PhD. But I think regardless of what I end up finding out, they're already really, really smart. Mm-hmm. So you know, they, going back to their eyes and their brains, they have this amazing capacity for like memory, they can actually recognize up to 40 different human faces.
0: Whoa! Like, like the face, not yes. just like the context around the face.
1: No, no, just the face. Uh, and this was done by a researcher who showed them images of faces, so they could alter the images as well. And basically, the archerfish weren't looking at like skin color or hair color; they were literally just memorizing like the shapes and things. And they showed them two D images of a face, so like straight on, and then they started tilting the face to become more 3D, basically, like, you know, sort of tilting their head to the side and back. And the Archerfish could recognize the faces when they were tilted. So they'd formed a 3D image of these faces that they'd never seen before, just by looking at a 2D image. And, like... Oh, it's just incredible.
0: (laughs) That almost implies like some sense of imagination almost. Maybe. Yeah, (laughs) I
1: like that. I think someone's going to scold me for saying fish of imagination. But no, I I want that to be true. Um, (laughs) I mean, I've already mentioned the escape mechanism turned hunting behavior. So that's called a sea start. And it's something all fish do. Um and it's actually something I think there's a type of snake that abuses that system so it kind of dangles its tail on one end and the fish bends itself into a C shape to very quickly turn around and then speed off and this snake dangles their tail near, near the front of the fish fish turns around speeds up straight into the snake's mouth oof <laughs> um that that's also really cool but the archer fish does this predictive sea star turn based on within the first second of when their prey starts falling within milliseconds it has turned and oriented itself in the direction of where the prey is going to fall and if you're being mean to them and you toss in two pieces of food at the same time they again in exactly the same time figure out which food's gonna land closest to them and go straight for that one, and they just ignore the other piece.
0: Working smarter, not harder. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And even, you know, because I train the fish to spit at targets, but the target isn't necessarily going to drop food at them, because the target is usually just like a colored disc or something. So I'm the one who then throws the food in. And even though the target and the food are in completely different locations, it doesn't matter. They still learn to associate the target with being fed. And they still do that sea start to orient themselves for where the food
0: is coming from. Oh, man, they're like, like predictive, like knowing yep. what things are going to be.
1: Exactly. And they actually seem to do this as well. So a lab in Germany taught archerfish to hit moving targets, which isn't something they do very often in the wild. So you know, that's basically where we're studying that learning that they might do. And Basically when they hit learn to hit the moving targets they were kind of predicting cuz they have to predict if the target's moving where they'd have to aim to hit the target at the time that it you know like what time they're going to
0: combine anybody who has ever played a video game that requires shooting a bow and arrow. Oh God, yeah. Understands how difficult this is. It's yep. very hard. <laughs>
1: I've been playing a lot of Legend of Zelda and it is impossible.
0: It's very hard, right? But an archerfish would be so good at that. Yeah, they would. <laughs> they really would. I was going to ask like because the work that you do is a lot on like their social dynamics. Mm-hmm. They swim together like in a school?
1: They don't school. Oh. Okay. But they're often found in groups, but they're not, you know, they don't shoal for like protection or anything. They don't really like each other that much. Oh, no. <laughs> but also, they don't care about each other that much. So, there's previous research from the lab I'm with now basically showed that the archerfish know when they're being watched by other archerfish. And when they're aiming, they're much more hesitant to shoot if they know another fish is watching them.
0: <gasps> oh, no, they're shy.
1: No, no, they don't want the other fish to get their food.
0: There we go. Okay. And
1: this is even, you know, if they're in separate tanks, they still know, you know, that guy's watching me. And the fly might be up there. It's looking really tasty, but I don't want him to get it.
0: Don't want to show your hand, right? No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) But then also the most
1: recent research from my lab showed that they don't actually seem to pay attention to each other very much. (laughs) So Nick, who's the previous uh, PhD student in our lab, showed that when he was training one fish to shoot at a specific target, the other fish didn't catch on that they had to shoot at that specific target to get the food. So, you know, out of a choice of three, you only hit red Mm -hmm. for food. The other fish that were in the tanks next to this trained fish just didn't care. They didn't (laughs) learn that if they shot at green, they weren't going to get anything. Um, So they're definitely aware of each other, but they're also not paying that much attention. And you know this could be that these fish were all in separate tanks, so it could be that they figured out, oh, it doesn't matter what he's doing over there because I'm here and the food's not coming my way, anyways. Because at the same time, the lab in Germany did the moving target experiments, found that they had several fish in a tank and trained one to hit the moving targets, and then when they gave the other fish a chance. Cause the fish they trained it was really aggressive, wouldn't let them near the target. Oh no. I know. They can be quite aggressive. We've got several fish who are missing like parts of their tail fins and stuff. Oh, poor um, babies. They're fine. Like they can swim just as well as all the others. But they're just a bit manky. But yeah, so these fish that were less aggressive when they were given the chance to shoot at the moving target, they were hitting it at the same rates of like the same success rates as the trained fish was after he'd been trained. So that experiment wasn't meant to like look at social learning. They were just looking at moving targets and how these fish track the targets. But then they kind of showed there might be social learning going on mm. because these other fish in the tank did seem to learn how to hit these targets. So that's the experiment I'm hoping to replicate because...
0: It needs to be, you know, done again for good science. Trying to figure out whether the archerfish are copying off of each other's homework. Exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> and especially because, you know, archerfish, again, their brains are so small. And copying and especially like proper imitation is thought to only be done by humans, maybe some apes. And I think there is potentially scope that fish can do it. So, you know, we're here to fight the primatologist.
0: <laughs> I hope you don't get too much uh, heat from the... <laughs> From the primate stands for that <laughs> um yeah i'm I'm willing to take that, but I think that like there's a lot to be said for fish. Intelligence, because, like you said, their brains are so small, and so for them to be able to pull off these really complicated behaviors, like it's like the brain is like maybe not big, but it, there must be a lot, a lot going on in such a small brain.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I really enjoy working with them, and it's really fun because, and again, research from my lab showed that they actually send, seem to have two shooting styles as well. So you have fish that shoot really quickly, but they're not as accurate and then fish that are a bit slower to shoot but they tend to hit the target much more accurately and I've actually I've been doing some analysis and I've got like 3600 like shooting events and 400 of those are all due to one fish oh. that just could not hit the target.
0: Oh, and no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was trying so hard and he was so excited and he
0: just he just couldn't manage it. So like some of them are like better at it than others then? Absolutely. Oh, how much like variance is there between the archer fish, like um. personality wise?
1: So you've definitely got like bolder individuals and then a bit shyer ones. And in the tanks we do also see a bit of like a social hierarchy. And it does it does seem to change occasionally as well, which fish is, you know, the top fish at that moment. And we do have to move the fish around sometimes if, you know, they're all starting to bully one fish. Then oh, we no. shake everything up <laughs> and then they're all confused. And then a new bully eventually emerges. We have one fish that was such a big bully that's even before I started in the lab two years ago, he has to be kept in his own tank because he's just too mean. <laughs> but he's a really good shooter. So, you know, we're, we're keeping him. He's my favorite. Um, <laughs> I call him Mr. Grumpy. Aww. They've got their little upturned mouths. um, So they all look grumpy.
0: He's a cranky boy. Yeah, he is. He's always annoyed with me. He knows his worth. Yes. He's like, I'm the best shot here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you have those other fish? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and I think when we got the the newest fish in, there wasn't really an obvious social dynamic. But now after about six months, it started to emerge and I was noticing, you know, one would chase the others around the tank. So I just shook him up um, on Thursday and moved him into new tank. so... They're all confused now.
0: There has to be like just a completely like paradigm shifting event for them. They're like, who
1: are all these fish? (laughs) Can you imagine someone like picked you up and just put you in a different house? (laughs) And in the meantime, like the move between the houses, you couldn't really breathe. Mm. Because like I can't, I'm not moving them into a bucket first because the tanks aren't that far away from each other. I know what I'm doing, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell people I know what I'm doing with my fish, because otherwise I get people telling me, like, oh, have you tried this? And it's like, I'm in the lab five days a week at least for the past two years. (laughs) I know these fish better than you. I've given them all
0: names.
1: (laughs) They're all named after fictional and mythological archers,
0: (gasps) except for Mr. Grumpy. Do you have a Katniss one?
1: There was a Katniss one, but she's been moved to the San Andreas Aquarium.
0: Oh, <laughs> she's gone off to be a star.
1: We needed some more space, so we we've rehomed four of our Tuxotus jaculatrix because we've got three species in the lab, and the jaculatrix are the the ones. They're just stripes, but they're very nice.
0: Oh yeah, since we're talking about their stripe, their stripy bits, mm-hmm. let's talk aesthetics for Archer fish. What would you give them out of 10 for aesthetics? We
1: actually had an argument about this um, in my lab group because (laughs) I was like, well, they're clearly a 10. Um, And everyone else was like, well, they're not the prettiest fish, right? But I think it depends on the species because there's 10 species of archerfish. And my favorites are the Toxotis blithii, or the painted or clouded archerfish. These are the new ones that I got and they look like cows or like the Rorschach tests Mm -hmm. that like psychiatrists use. Like, what do you see in this weird spotty image? (laughs) Um, And I think those guys are definitely a solid eight, maybe a nine. They're just, they're just so cute. And all of their spots are, they're all different. So some of them have completely black tail fins and others just have, you know, like smaller spots all over uh, or like big splotches everywhere. And from my perspective, they're much easier to identify, like, individually, because all the stripey ones was basically going by, like, how curved is this one stripe compared to all the the other stripes. And then when the archerfish gets stressed, their color fades, so their stripes can almost completely disappear. And then it's impossible to tell which fish I'm looking at.
0: Oh, no, they need to feel good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if they don't feel good, they're not pretty.
0: Oh, no, um, me neither. <laughs> me, too. <laughs> me too. Me too, me I, too. I, so I, I like that the shape of the archer fish, it, they kind of have like a pointy nose, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. So because their mouth needs to be a bit upturned. So that they can spit up. So their mouth is quite like pointy. They're kind of arrow shaped,
0: actually. I was just going to say, like, it's funny because they're archer. They're they're called archer fish and then they're shaped like an arrow head. Like, that just seems so perfect to me. But it makes sense also because it's like an aerodynamic shape, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that doesn't matter to them because they're not exactly flying through the air. (laughs) That would be quite uh, hydrodynamic. There you go. That's the word.
1: Is that is that? The same as aerodynamic, but in the water? I hope so. But yeah, no, because they do need to move really fast when they're, you know, either escaping from something or they're racing towards their food. They do need to be fast. So they are quite thin. And especially in the lab, we can't feed them too much because then they stop shooting. So we keep them, you know, like lean in like racing condition. (laughs) Um, When they retire, they can go get
0: fat somewhere. Are there a lot of aquariums that have archerfish? I don't think I've ever seen one. Um, I may have, but I may have just not noticed it.
1: So I've heard of some aquariums. The one in St. Andrews did have some uh, archerfish as well, but they were quite a new addition. Um, I've heard of some aquariums in the United States that have them as well, but I've never seen them in an aquarium until I went to check out the tank in St. Andrews to see if, it was appropriate for our fish to move into. What is really funny is that the Scottish National Museum in Edinburgh does have a stuffed archer fish, and I'm not entirely sure why.
0: (laughs) But that's really cool. I would totally get one. Yeah. I'm wondering if I may have seen one in an aquarium, but like... They're not very flashy, right? They're no. not like bold and colorful. And if you don't see them in action, yeah, then you might not really even like. I, I feel I'm wondering if I may have seen one in an aquarium and just totally like, phew, like it. I just didn't notice it at all.
1: That's very well possible. I mean, the ones here in St. Andrews were in an in a tank together with some four eyed fish, which look way more interesting than the archerfish do because they've got eyes that like stick out above the water and they can mm. look both above and below the water at like the same time which and they're from South America. I don't know why these fish were in one tank, but they're really cool. And then the archer fish are just, you know, small silvery fish with some black stripes on them. So they are a bit unassuming. And in an aquarium, I guessing they don't really have the time to, you know, train the fish to shoot consistently because if the fish just if you throw food in, they're just going to eat that. They're not going to shoot. And if the food's close enough for them to jump, they're just going to jump. They're not going to shoot. Because if you jump, you know you're the one who's getting the
0: food. Oh, true, true, true.
1: So what we're hoping to do is get like an automated feeding system. Uh, It's currently made out of Lego that might need to change.
0: Um, Please don't change the Legos. Please keep the Legos forever. <laughs> that makes me really happy.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping for something 3D printed, but um, I'll put in a vote for the for the Legos. Ellen says she likes Legos. <laughs> um, we're hoping that once we can get those to work properly, that we can give some to this aquarium here, because then if the fish can just spit for their food, they'll probably keep doing it a bit more frequently. It would make my life easier, because I can't really get them to spit at their food when they're in the big communal tanks because one fish tends to like dominate the shooting Mm. but if there's three feeders set up in one tank and three fish can spit at once they're gonna be better at it once i need them to spit at you know specific things
0: oh yeah sure is there a risk of them just spitting at the thing constantly and emptying all the food out (laughs) yes are they greedy yes yes
1: (laughs) um We've only just started testing this thing, but at first they were also quite confused what they had to aim at, there was a clothes peg as part of the setup and they were spitting at this clothes peg. So they you can teach them to hit pretty much anything, but they're also a bit confused if it doesn't look like a cricket. Mm. I'm like, you know, why do you want us to shoot at this black
0: square? Sure, sure, sure. The black
1: square doesn't look like food to us.
0: But a clothespin might be like, then they're like, kind of looks like a cricket.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And like, this must be something innate because we don't give them crickets that often. We give them little like brown pellets that look a bit like uh, cat litter. So, you know, that doesn't look like a cricket either, but
0: must be tasty. Do archerfish get along okay with like non-archerfish?
1: So as long as the non-archer fish isn't too much smaller than them, yes, I think they do occasionally eat other fish oh, if they no they're, you know, if they're tiny. <laughs> sure, um, it's a circle of life, Ellen.
0: I know one of the things, like one of the things we used to say, because I used to work at a pet store that sold fish, was like if it's smaller than their mouth. They'll probably eat it with like most fish, you know, like they're not going to be like, oh, this could fit in my mouth. Better not eat it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if it can fit into the mouth, it is food.
1: <laughs> yeah. Archerfish um, will also try to eat things that are larger than them. Oh, no. Then they just can't. It's You know, it's like the, the pelican trying to eat the capybara. <laughs> Sometimes I see them like kind of mouthing at the, the plastic plants that are in their tank or they pick up a stone and they're like, no, wait a second. this isn't what i want um or it's just way too big for them and then they drop it again
0: i'm proud of them for trying though
1: yeah they have big ambitions
0: it's a big fish trapped in a little fish body
1: (laughs) (laughs) they just wish they could be like this 14 inch fish they've heard about in the wild
0: oh they got the poster on their bedroom wall and everything They're like that's gonna be me someday
1: (laughs) i'll put up some aspirational posters for them that might be that might be good no, yeah, people do keep archerfish as pets. I've never seen anyone keep them as pets before, but I hear about it on Twitter occasionally. People are like, oh, this is so cool. I used to have one when I was a child. They're not a beginner's pet. Please do not, you know, listen to this podcast and then think I'm going to get some of those. First of all, they're quite hard to source. I mean, I'm in the UK, but we have to get our fish from Germany and they catch them in the wilds because no one really knows how these fish breed. Well, they're broadcast spawners. We know that. No one really knows how the young grow from an egg to a fish. People have tried. I think they've succeeded like twice. There's a lot of like salinity and temperature stuff that needs to happen. They're a little picky. So we can't breed them. So we have to get them wild caught. Wow. They get like
0: overnighted to us. I wouldn't have thought that would be so challenging.
1: Yeah. I haven't tried to uh, get any new fish since Brexit, but we'll see how that happens fingers crossed (laughs) fish import license
0: I don't envy you for having to brave that bureaucratic battle
1: (laughs) me neither we just figured out a good system too
0: oh no Um, you hate to see it but it's fine
1: if you can get an archer fish and you're you know more experienced with tanks even the brackish species they can live in fresh water once you acclimatize them we had some of ours were brackish when they came in and they were acclimatized to fresh water because brackish water is really difficult to deal with in a lab much easier if you just, you know, open the tap. You don't need to mix salt in or anything. Like, they are good fun. If you keep just two, they're, they can get quite, pretty aggressive with each other. Oh, so, you no. know, you want one or you want more. And I think you can keep them in a tank with other fish. I mean, yeah, they were, they're in a tank with other fish in the aquarium here, actually. But bigger, big fish. Not so big that it's gonna eat the archer fish fish that can't bully. Basically, you want an aquarium with lots of fish. you need to like plan out how large every fish is and then get the mouth <laughs> measurements of every fish and then see if any of them fit. <laughs> I don't actually I have two fish they're um, they're gouramis, which are completely unrelated fish to archer fish, but they also spit little bits of water. So we do have some of those in the lab and I have two retirees. In my living room but other than those i haven't owned fish since i was about six so i had to learn on the go with these archer fish
0: i am always astonished by how many people recommend fish as like beginner pets it's so much like in in college i had a goldfish tank it was literally just two goldfish and it was a whole deal it was like yeah. had to condition the water cuz where i live we have really hard water mm-hmm. so we had to condition it we had to soften the water we had to like you know do a whole filtration system and yep. all it was it was like a lot for like yeah. goldfish <laughs>
1: Yeah, I got almost all of my equipment, except for my filter um, for my fish at home from the lab, um, because we had a lot of spare tanks and heaters and stuff. So, you know, I got lucky with that, but it's expensive. It's a lot of effort. You do have to know what you're doing. I'm around fish every day of the week almost now, so... Yeah, I'd say I have good experience with fish, but I'm also not going to go out and just buy, you know, lots of fish and just stuff them in a tank. Because I'd have to look up first, you know, what does this fish like? What kind of substrate do these ones need? Whatever. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's it's a lot of effort. And I spend a lot of my time in the lab just, like, stressing over nitrate levels or whatever, because archerfish are really dirty. They poop a lot for some reason. <laughs> and then I'm constantly cleaning their tanks stinky
0: i'm imagining like stinky water
1: Well they're not that stinky but then you know you like siphon up some water you like cleaning the gravel siphoning up water and the water's coming out black Ugh. and the water in the tank is clear so you i don't know where this comes from <laughs> like i'll clean I'll, I'll take the gravel out i'll clean all the gravel and i put it back in in the next week it's black again and they're fine you know they're not they don't mind it they actually like to dig through the gravel occasionally when they, like, find, like, food or whatever down there. I mean, they do take after me because I don't clean my own house very often either. So then, like, the carpet gets dirty.
0: <laughs> so it's like, can you blame them, really? Because no. I don't think I would be that uh, meticulous about yeah. my... <laughs> Although if I was a fish, because then it's kind of like the mess that you create is the mess that you are then, like, breathing. breathing. <laughs> Which is nasty. Yeah, yeah. I will give them, though, that they do not have hands.
1: True. And they do have a a, a loving servant who comes in and feeds them and cleans up after them once a week, (laughs) at least.
0: I think I would become a spoiled diva, too, if I had that kind of set up.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) like they know when I'm a few hours late to the lab to feed them you're in trouble and they're just like with their their little upturned mouths like looking at me like how could you
0: how could you be late (laughs) judging you from inside the tank
1: yeah oh yeah and then you know I'm counting out the food in my hand and like I have to break the food in half so that it's more evenly distributed and they'll all be swimming right next to where my hand is just staring at me and, like, they, if they blinked, I wouldn't mind that much. But because they don't blink, it's just, it's just like they're constantly disappointed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's only to make you work that much harder for their approval. It's, it's like a negging sort of behavior where they're like, yeah. if they can just, like, look at you really condescendingly and judgmentally, then, like, that'll make you just do what they want.
1: Yeah. And, like, I need them to do what I want. So I have to be nice to them. Mm. I mean, I'd be nice to them otherwise, too. But, like, I have to grovel.
0: <laughs> this is manipulative behavior from this fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I love them.
0: I love them, too. <laughs> I do now. Before we wrap up for today, I wanted to kind of give you a chance to talk about what kind of projects that you're working on right now. Obviously, you've talked about your P- your PhD research, yep. which is very exciting. But um, anything that you're working on right now where people can find you and keep tabs on the sort of stuff that you're doing, all sorts of things like that. Yeah.
1: Um, so most of what I'm doing currently is my PhD. I am also hoping to organize an internship at a museum in the Netherlands, which would involve more like science communication work. Uh, I'm trying to do more science communication in general. But you can find that mostly on uh, Twitter currently. Uh, that's at DJ Weideven. Spelled W E D U W E N. Complicated Dutch names aren't the easiest to Google, I realize. <laughs> um, I do every Friday at 5 p.m. my time, I do 5 p.m. fish facts where I give facts about one or several fish. Um, so I've done some archer fish facts. There will be more archer fish facts. Uh, also, things I haven't really gotten the chance to talk about here because I keep discovering more things about them. <laughs> um, I also post videos of the fish, like spitting at food and stuff, quite frequently. So you know you can check those out. Um, occasionally, I re- record parody songs. <laughs> um, don't know how I got into that. I have a, a parody version of "Part of Your World" from the Little Mermaids about my fish. And I have a parody song uh, to Piano Man by Billy Joel about a friend of mine who's a banana researcher called Banana Man. Um, those are on YouTube under Archerfish Girl. I am apologize in advance if you do watch them. They're not the best, but I really enjoy doing that kind of
0: stuff. They're very cute. They are, they are very cute. cute.
1: They are cute. I do like doing those. I think I promised Ellen a song about a blizzard and a frog
0: at some point. That sounds on brand. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, there might be another song in the future about a lizard and a frog. Yeah. I think that's most of what I do.
0: Awesome. I I will say that I you know, I, I found you from Twitter, um, and your your enthusiasm for Archer Fish, which comes along with an appreciation for their attitude. <laughs> it's a labor of love, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And you know when I worked
1: with birds I loved those birds they didn't want me near them either they just all animals want us to leave them alone and I just can't stop bothering them
0: <laughs> Like hold on but I just need to learn this this thing about you real quick if you would just let me <laughs> just let me learn this real quick thing about you then I promise I'll be nice <laughs> Yes exactly <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I really appreciate all of your knowledge about archerfish. I've learned a lot about these fish. I think I've developed a deeper appreciation for the potential of fish and like the inner workings of fish. I think we've all learned today never to underestimate them because they are. (laughs) No, definitely don't. Because they are capable of. Not only more than we know, but capable of probably more than we are.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's really what I want people to to understand. Um and yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, I've really enjoyed the podcast. So being able to talk about Archer Fish on the podcast is dream come true.
0: Oh yay. <laughs> well, thank you, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.